Hi, friends, and welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Our special guest today is Sally Olada. Sally is the CEO and founder of Agility Health. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Hello, Sally. How are you? Hello, Richard. I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on your podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, what, what else could you add on to that intro? There's, there's a lot more to Sally Alada than CEO and founder of Agility Health. What else? Sally is originally from Sudan in Africa. Uh, Sally has started a nonprofit organization on the side because I have so much time. Uh, but I, my nonprofit is to support Sudan's current revolution to democracy. Uh-huh. Uh, Sally has three children. I have a beautiful Yara. She's 16. Sharifa Noor, 12 and 11. Uh, and I'm a belly dancer. Wow. There you go. All right. <laughs> I love belly dancing. <laughs> so much fun. All right. So you've never had that in your podcast before. There you go. That's your first. Nobody. Wow. We'll have to like, this, this is going to be great for the social media marketing. <laughs> <laughs> see, see video of belly dancer. No, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> CEO, founder and belly dancer. Um, nope, nope, so, nope. We're not going to go there. <laughs> No, but it's always fun to to learn a little bit about what people are doing outside of work, right? We we all have um, we all kind of have this uh, this this mask on in front of us. And this this mm-hmm. is our this is our professional self, and whatever it says on the LinkedIn profile. And then there's the 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 other part of us with the mm-hmm. with the three kids and and, and everything else. Yeah, and nonprofit and trying to change the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So. This podcast is about teams, and I know you, you do a lot of research uh, about organizations and teams within organizations, and that's what Agility Health is all about. Mm-hmm. And I like to ask people about their best team ever, so your best team. Uh, if, you could, if you could pick any team at any time in your life, and by team, what I mean is any group of two or more people aligned with shared goals, which one of those groups of two or more people aligned with shared goals is the best one you've ever been a member of in your life? Well, I'm very biased. I'm going to say my current team that I have is awesome. They're rock stars. And I'll tell you why. And I think that they're fully engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, They really care deeply about the purpose and the mission of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, They really have pride of working here and serving our customers. They're very customer focused, very customer driven. Um, they continuously improve, which is what we do for business, right? We help everybody else. How do you measure and continuously improve? And I would say my team is always changing and they're very open to feedback and they're very humble and they're willing to change. They don't take it personally, you know, and it's change is hard, you know, change is difficult. So when you realize, okay, we're not perfect. What can we do to improve? And you're, you're willing to inspect and adapt. I think that that makes you awesome. And of course they deliver, they're high performing. They deliver value that meets our customers' expectations or even exceeds it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the summary of my awesome team. <laughs> and, 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 and you're such a good public speaker. You didn't just say this team. You gave me all the info about it. And it's, it's almost like, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the conversation. But no, we're not. We're not done. <laughs> no, there's so much more. I mean, I was going to go into, there's a wonderful book called The Ideal Team Player that talks about, you know, humble, hungry, and smart and humble, hungry, and smart. Um, the, there's a book by Patrick Lencioni. We actually, that's kind of part of our hiring. Um, uh-huh. We look for people that are humble, 
really truly servant leaders and are, like I said, are okay with feedback and all that hungry means that they're very um, motivated, you know, driven. They're not waiting to be told what to do next. And then smart mm -hmm. is really about emotional intelligence. So those are other attributes that are like super important to us. Yeah, totally. And you have uh, this, this team we're talking about. This is the this is the team at Agility Health. It's a it's a pretty tight knit team. Yeah. Um, if if you could summarize the sensation within you of being with that team, doing the work you do together, what's what's the one word that you would use to summarize your team right now? I'm, I'm used to. I was going to say energized. I'm, they're always energized me, but I'm really going to be honest and say I'm grateful. Grateful. Just grateful to have them. Yeah. So that would be, I'm always, yeah, I'm always grateful. Like how lucky am I to be surrounded by such amazing people? How lucky am I to have such talent? So yeah. just gratitude is what fills me when I see what they do. That is so cool. Uh, I think that that's my first grateful and gratitude, <laughs> uh, which is really like totally aligned with what you just said about humble, right? Uh, that you said humble, you said servant leader. This is, it's not just what you're looking for when you're hiring people. It, 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 it kind of sounds like what you are. I try to be, yeah. I, I think servant leadership is something I teach. I talk about all the time, but none of us are just built to be servant leaders. I think it's something we easily, when times are tough, you can move back into a little bit of directive style and commanding and controlling. So I think it's something we all aspire to be and, and you always have to pause. And, and for me, I lead from a place of love, Richard. If you know anything about me, I have a very big heart for people. So when I reach back into that, um, then I truly show up as a servant leader. When you reach into your place of driving for performance and driving for tasks being done, mm -hmm. then you're automatically moving a little bit back into your command and control. So I naturally have a very big heart and I lead from a place of love. And I think that's where, you know, serving people, making sure their well-being. I just gave everybody... Friday off just to make sure they had a longer weekend because uh -huh. I, I deeply care. I really genuinely care about them. All right. So there's one example of leading with love. What, what else about leading with love? Wow. Leading with love. I have a whole, a whole um, seminar or a talk out there, but um, you really treat people with respect, with compassion. Mm -hmm. You you value what they bring to the table. You figure out what do I need to do to help them grow. You give them feedback from a place of love. Like So leading with love doesn't mean that I'm always going to tell you everything you want to hear. Sometimes I'm going to tell you that um, you're not meeting expectations in a specific area, but I'm doing that not to put you down. It's from a place of love because I really want you to grow and be successful. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, leading with love also means giving people clarity on their vision, You know, making sure you're setting them up for success in whatever role, listening to them, being empathetic. Um, about what they're saying, taking what they tell you seriously, taking action on it. That's mm -hmm. all leading with love. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. What, what else about this team right now? And, uh, and how do you know that it's such a great team? Uh, what, else, what else about this team subjectively do you notice qualitatively or the way it feels within you as you're working together? Well, it's not always, I mean, I'm going to tell you, we go through ups and downs. So anybody that tells you they have a perfect team all the time. So I will tell you actually right now, my team feels tired. You just said like, what do they feel like right now? Uh, we feel tired. And the reason for that is we just had our big customer summit and there was a lot that we were working on to achieve that goal and that mission. Um, but how do I know it's an awesome team? If you listen to the words of the customers about how they describe us, to me, that's that's it right there. If your customers can tell you that you're doing an awesome job, that you um, 
high quality, they care that you bend over backwards for them, that you really genuinely are a really trusted partner. I've always said, if anybody calls us a vendor, we should leave. Um, we're not a vendor. We are a trusted partner on the journey. And so the people that are on the front lines working with the customers, like that's that's the impression I want the customer to have is that we deeply care about them. So I think, okay. you know, how do you know you're awesome? Your team is awesome. Ask your customers. All right. All right. Yeah. So this 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 gets into ob objectively, how do you know it's a great team? And, and one of these objective ways, you know, it's a great team is your customers tell you this, this team is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything else objective or empirical, something you could notice from, from the outside? They're engaged. They're always ideating. They're very creative. They mm -hmm. lift each other up. You know, that's part of our, we have a culture wall. Um, they're always thinking about new ways to improve what they do. They're performing, they're outcome aligned. You know, they're mm -hmm. always saying, what's, what's the business value of what we're doing? They're willing to challenge me and us as leaders. You know, they don't look at our title. I always say, you know, we're all leaving our titles at the door. They're willing to talk, you know, openly and honestly. I mean, there's so much more that goes into that. So, mm -hmm. but these are just a few things. All right. One, one, one of the things you just said was a culture wall. What's that? Oh yeah, we have a, we don't have it anymore, but it's in our hearts and it's in our um, screens because we, we don't work in the office anymore, Richard, but um, in our permanent office that we had, we had this beautiful wall and I had asked everybody to brainstorm, why do they work here? What makes them happy? What's important for them? Those are kind of the three things. What's important? And mm -hmm. it's almost like a team norm activity, but we, we brainstormed mm -hmm. on a whole bunch of sticky notes and, um, and we consolidate and we finally came up with this culture wall and it has all of the phrases that makes us want to you know work at agility health and so when you're having lunch or you're walking by it's like in the center of the room so some of the things that are there is we do what we say we're going to do we are servant leaders at heart uh we strive to be above the line there's a wonderful video that talks about above the line below the line it's called location by conscious leadership mm -hmm. i love that video so much that everybody's onboarded to watch that video about being above the line versus below the line and how we interact Another cultural norm is we plant seeds. We don't plant weeds about each other. Planting weeds is negativity, you know, telling negative things, whether it's about a person or about the company strategy. If you have something to say, you don't have to plant weeds. You can tell us, you can tell everybody directly. Um, yep. So that's another, that's another example of what's on the culture wall. All right. Um, and and are, are there any other concrete behaviors that go into this team's success? I think everything on that culture, well, the, the uh, <laughs> servant leaders at heart, the being humble, hungry, and smart. We've let people go, Richard, and some people haven't fit our culture if they have too much ego. You yeah. know, ego is, is not, not pretty. You know, when you always think you're smarter than other people, when you're better than other people. So that mm -hmm. doesn't help you survive. Um, but hungry, which is always, what can I help with? How can I take this forward? How can I serve the customer? Hey team, where can I help you? Just being like that, that's really helpful for us. And emotional intelligence, I think is really important, like knowing how you're coming across, you know? Um, the other thing that's important on the culture wall I'm really gonna talk about is positive energy. Yeah. Just having positive energy. Some team members, they don't realize it, but they, they're in a negative space in their head. And so the energy they bring to the room is a negative energy, so they bring people down, or they yeah. accidentally plant weeds everywhere, they're saying negative things. That is yeah. not constructive. So we try to find and continue to push people back to the positive energy. Yeah. What's possible, you know, assume positive regard in other people. Those are yeah. really important. And 
How, how do you push people back to that? You have to remind them. I think some of us, it's kind of like a weed garden. It's like a garden that you don't water. <laughs> you know, if you don't really take yeah. care of it, if you're not always plucking the weeds, they just start to form. And I think after events, after conflicts, after big deliverables that were high pressure, I think the weed garden can begin to foster. So I think you have to be conscious it's happening. You have to bring it into like, as an example, we have town halls where we talk really openly and honestly about this stuff in our all company town hall meetings. Um, Share a couple of videos that re-inspire people and let Mm -hmm. teams have open, honest retrospectives, like real retrospectives where you bring up that elephant in the room if you need to and restate your team norms again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious about your, your town halls and your retrospectives. You're, you're the founder and leader of this company. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you foster that kind of open communication despite or in addition to being you know, the, the leader, the, the hypothetically or perhaps the loudest voice or uh, people used to use this, this acronym, the, the hippo, the highest paid person? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because people that don't know you personally and haven't worked with me closely might assume, oh, she's the CEO. It's that scary mm-hmm. figure that we shouldn't talk to or shouldn't say anything in front of her. And that's the opposite of me. I'm like, no, man, we got to talk real. Like, what's going on? What are you afraid of? What's going Like, let's talk about this. I'm just another human being like you. Like, please forget about my title. <laughs> you know, let's just have a real conversation. Even give me feedback. Maybe I screwed up. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I said something a specific way that triggered somebody. I can apologize. I'm not, I don't have that kind of ego. So I think being in a highly, forget about the paid position, but in a role that everybody could assume that is, you know, intimidating, um, creates, it reduces psychological safety for people to be open and honest because they're afraid of consequences, even if it's not justified fear. So I try to facilitate the conversation. I try to show humility myself. I try to make it open. I do let everybody in the company, we use fun retro boards sometimes when I want them to provide feedback in an anonymous way. Um, Mm -hmm. We were going through a really tough period during COVID and people had some very deep questions for me, like financially, how are we doing? Blah, blah. And I really let them post those questions to me live in fun retro so that I can answer them directly and they wouldn't feel that we know who they are. So I think you just, you just have to sort of try to walk the walk. All right. Now, um, in addition to all the advice you've already shared, all the, all the ideas you've shared, some of your concrete practices, what other advice do you have for listeners? Well, we just recently published a report around team performance, high-performing teams. And I think, you know, just to give them another more practical, I would really love for them to download this report because we looked across 46,000 team members, um, which is about 4,600 teams in Agility Health. And we looked at the higher performing teams, what made them higher performing. Our next report is going to be around happiness and roles and talent um, because I'm focused on that too next. But everybody wants to know, how can I get high performing teams? So um, in that report, for whether it's predictability, we want to improve predictability or time to market or value or quality or responsiveness. Those were the five things we really zoomed in. There are, Mm -hmm. here are the competencies that are drivers and predictors for that. And I'll just give you a teaser of some of them because some people might want to hear them now. Um, Working in in short iterations is is a predictor of high performance, which we all knew that from, from an agile perspective. Planning and estimating, improving how you break down things into smaller chunks. 
But the next three, I was really surprised by generalizing specialists and T-shaped individuals. So having people that are allowed to work and, and be skilled in other areas and not just focus on one thing. Um, self-organization, empowering teams to make their own decisions and, you know, telling them what the problem is, but letting them kind of um, improvise on the how. And then the last one was creativity and innovation. So I was surprised by the last three because they're all about empowerment. And mm. the first two were very much agile practices, you know, that we all know are pretty solid. But those five, in addition to a few others, were top predictors of team performance. The teams that were very strong were 37% higher performing quantitatively than teams that did not invest in these areas. All right. And and you were gauging performance again by, by which of the metrics? Quality, predictability, time to market, value, and responsiveness. And all of the, the metrics were quantitative metrics. So when we say right. predictability, you know, what percent of what the teams say they're going to get done, they actually get done. When right. we say time to market, how frequently do they release to production? So it was very mm -hmm. quantitative. You know, right. a lot of the same metrics that are used in the DevOps world, right. you know, the mean time to recover, um, mm -hmm. deployment time, all those things. So really, really empirical, observable stuff yes. that somebody outside the, the teams or the organization could could actually see and measure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those are quant we most of our radar, our team health radar is um, qualitative metrics, but the performance mm -hmm. metrics have now become quantitative. And so that's why we ran this report, because we had enough data now over the last yeah. three, four years. We're like, we should we should figure out the correlation here. What is impacting what? Mm -hmm. Oh, and where can people find the report? Right on our website, agilityhealthradar.com. So our, on our homepage mm -hmm. at the very top, there's the download the top predictors of team performance. So they can click on it, download it. You don't even have to add any information. It's available for free. All right, perfect. So we'll make sure we have a, a link to that and probably even a QR code just popped up on the video somewhere. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to add? Anything you've been working on? Anything you've been thinking about lately? Anything at all? No, I just am happy that you're doing this, Richard. You've been in this oh, world of you know high performing teams for such a long time. So, congrats on your success, and thank you for inviting thanks. me to talk to your audience. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. You're welcome. Uh, oh, and how could how could listeners and viewers get in touch with you if they wanted to? Sally at agilityhealthradar.com, or just go to our website. Yeah. All right. Sally Lotta, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really been fun hanging out with you. Uh, we, we sort of crossed paths at the, for me, it was the first physical space conference post-COVID lockdowns. It was really nice seeing you in physical space again. It's really nice having you here. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Richard. I hope uh, we cross paths soon again. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> and remember, dear listeners and viewers, to support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com.